Thank you all for tuning in. This is going to be a short show today in honor of the weekend. So I intend to talk about the 4th of July, as well as what it means in America, and also about some messages of Christ like related to the 4th. In addition, I'll, I'll give you guys some fun facts, but it's just going to be a short show, just something short and sweet, just to tie this over in the weekend until next week. So thanks for tuning in, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Whitaker Show. This is a show geared towards talking about the many key lessons and takeaways of Christianity with an eye towards apologetics. Thanks for tuning in. So, as everyone might have noticed, or not, because there's not really that many listeners, but there will be in the future, this is something that I've been doing more lately, is giving more impromptu unplanned episodes like mainly tied tied around certain topics you know like i did the ramblethon and whatnot and this is going to be like another one just something that's off the cuff just kind of trying to build those skills for just coming in this thing unplanned just kind of giving you who i am and what's going on so again thank you thank y'all all for tuning in so what does this great american holiday the fourth of july actually mean right like why do we celebrate it well it's important you know it's all about freedom That's a huge part of the holiday. But let me give you a small excerpt that I'm reading from here, just kind of telling everybody about what's going on. So firstly, a fun fact, um, the actual Declaration of Independence was formulated on July 2nd. And in fact, like one of the actual authors believed that to be the date that actually would be celebrated, but it's not. It's celebrated on the 4th. So the process of the actual... like. A revision of the Declaration of Independence occurred throughout the entire day of July 3rd and into the late afternoon of July 4th. And that's when that's when the Declaration was actually adopted. Right. And of the 13 colonies, nine voted in favor of the Declaration. And then two, Pennsylvania and South Carolina, voted N.O. And Delaware was, un, was undecided and New York abstained. So later on, um, it was signed that day. And that's kind of like the day I've always celebrated because that's the day that it actually went into effect in essence. Now, kind of piggybacking on that fact, um, it wasn't signed on the 4th. It was actually signed in August, but it was adopted by the Continental Congress on the 4th. Just a fun fact for you. More fun facts. Americans typically eat 150 million hot dogs on, on Independence Day. That could technically stretch get this from dc to la more than five times and those aren't my words that's the words of the national hot dog and sausage council which is someone i would i definitely trust to give me beef news all right so three presidents have died on july 4th thomas jefferson john adams and james monroe and massachusetts became the first state to make the 4th of July, an official state holiday, which happened in 1781. Now, one thing that I did learn about this holiday is that we've actually made a way of eliminating a huge part of what makes this holiday so great. So, in 1778, George Washington ordered for his soldiers a double ration of rum, ration, ration of rum, to celebrate the holiday, right? Now, conversely, In 2016, July 4th was the number one holiday for beer sales in the U.S. 
Now, how does that happen, right? So George Washington, that great man, orders rum, you know, a double ration of rum for his troops. And somehow the holiday just becomes a beer holiday. We have some serious moral problems in this country, guys. Serious moral problems. Now let's bring in, sprinkle in a couple other really cool facts for the holiday that even I didn't know, which I didn't know any of these until I looked them up. So, you know, that doesn't really count for much. So the reason why we use um, the phrase, you know, like signing your John Hancock on a document is because John Hancock has the largest signature on the actual Declaration of Independence. It's pretty cool, right? That's why. I didn't know that, but now I do because I just read it to you. Um, one World Trade Center in New York is 1,776 feet tall to mark the year the U.S. declared its independence from Britain. Also a really cool fact. So now let's segue into something that's a little bit more serious, right? L let me give you some more facts that kind of tell you about the actual state of America and how it is right now. So only in America can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. Only in America are there handicapped parking places in front of, get this, a skating rink, right? Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions, while healthy people can buy cigarettes at the front. Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Diet Coke. And only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our junk in the garage. I mean, come on, guys. Only in America do we buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of 8. Now, paradoxically, those are kind of slight positives. Let's give some negatives, right? Um, George Carlin once stated in The Paradox of Our Time that the paradox of our time in history is that we have taller buildings but shorter tempers, wider freeways but narrower viewpoints, right? And just some other stuff for you. We spend more but have less. We buy more but enjoy less. We have bigger houses and smaller families, more conveniences but less time, right? We have more degrees but less sense, more knowledge but less judgment, more experts yet more problems, more medicine but less wellness. And that can be slightly attributed to population growth, but I think we've all seen where people can get so drunk on, on their intelligence or so drunk on achieving knowledge that they kind of... I forget that problems aren't solved by learning about them. Problems are solved by experiencing them, which is something that we can all keep in mind. Um, we have multiplied our possessions, but reduced our values. We can all see that in our country right now. We talk too much, love too seldom and hate too often. And we've learned how to make a living, but not a life. We've added years to life, not life to years, which is cool, right? And that kind of gives me hope because I think people are realizing this in our culture nowadays. I think people are starting to realize that, and not, not on a massive scale, but I think people are beginning to realize that there's more to life than obtaining. There's more to life than just getting. There's a huge part of life that involves experiencing and then a huge part of life that involves your values, which the Bible is chock full of and Christianity is chock full of in America should be and used to be and still kind of is chock full of values because the whole point is if you subject yourself to the whims of ever-changing man-made values that's all you ever get changing man-made values right now the apostle paul gives us some very specific things that we can do in our lives like to bless our families but also guys um and gals to bless our country america right 
We must pray unceasingly, he says. We must live righteously. We, we must evangelize fervently. And we must pray unceasingly. It's okay to pray unceasingly. It's okay to constantly be speaking life over your country. Things may be bad, right? Let me give you a prime example. So today at work, I'm getting uber frustrated at a situation that I'm dealing with. And how easy would it have been to vent to that client or vent to a coworker or to get angry and punch a wall or or something like that? But how much greater would it be that instead of in that moment embracing that anger, like realizing that maturity comes in sublimating and internalizing that anger. Now, I don't mean internalizing as in shove it down into a, a deep, dark place and just forget about it. No, no. I mean, use that as a, like as a catalyst to pray. You know, if people don't see your problems, it's for one of two things. It's either you don't have problems or you're hiding problems. There's really no third answer there. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to hide your problems, but oftentimes I think we could really deal and really help deal with our life by embracing the fact that this anger that I felt, this these feelings that I had were ultimately temporary, right? And I have the freedom to choose to embrace them or have the freedom to choose to sublimate them and use this as a moment to work on my character. And luckily like this occurred to me, but it doesn't occur to everybody and it doesn't occur to me all the time either. So it's, it's in, inherent in us to experience life and to embrace life so that we can then go through these things and hopefully each time get a little bit better at being better, right? That would be ultimately the goal in all this is to, it's okay to experience these negative emotions. It's what you do with them that really ultimately, ultimately matters. So let me throw some verses at you. First Peter 2.16 states, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Now, I could keep reading your verses, but that one right there is kind of like the essence of what I feel, well, not the essence, but a large part of the essence of what I feel our founders were thinking about like when they made these documents that form the basis for, for what this country is. Right, because it wasn't just about being free; it's free with values. It's not just about telling everybody, "Oh, just do your own thing." You're like you're totally good to go. It's it's you come here to to be free, yes, but you also come here for values that allow you to be free. Because it's one thing to just say, "Hey, you guys are free." See, like what that would equal to is piracy, right? Because pirates, I mean, like, like they're free, they've got their own life, but they don't have any values. Um, so don't be a pirate because it's bad. And you have values. But ultimately, it's important to realize that your freedom is the ultimate defense that you have against evil. See, because if you've got a messed up value system or you've got a value system that isn't, isn't based on eternal values, such as the value system of Christianity, what you've got is less freedom because you have less like wiggle room to really think about your actions and to choose opposite actions, right? Like if someone punches you in the face, you have an option to punch them back in the face or an option to flee. I'm not going to give you a moral case for, for which is right because I'd probably punch the person back myself. But I'm just letting you know, like you have that option, like you have that freedom in America to really choose what you want to do. If you don't like a job, you can leave it. You can pack up and move Massachusetts to New York, Rhode Island, all the way over to Arizona. You can choose that thing. So 
Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, this is powerful. This is very powerful for Americans because it's really easy to judge decisions in the past based on the values of now. Right? Say, man, look at these guys. Like, they did so-and-so. And then, you know, it's... Fast forward like 100 years and we have different values. Like, we may not even eat real meat anymore in like 150 years. Right? So then let me look back at all these times we're like, man, look at these like Neanderthals eating meat. Fresh meat, not just like like reconstituted space age meat. Right? But it's actual meat. Well, that's what they had then. Right? So that's what they did. And does it make it right? But it doesn't mean that we judge them based on our values now. Right? And in the same thing, if, if like someone has wronged you, you have the ability to choose to dwell on how they wronged you or you have the ability to forgive them right because hate like bitterness like holding on to those things is technically being entangled again with the yoke of bondage be free guys like in the spirit of the holiday be free don't don't let things that happened in the past rule you now because then you're letting the past dictate your future by affecting your present you know, now Psalms thirty-three, twelve states, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom hath, whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance." Now that would be all those that are saved. So, America, uh, America originally chose God, right? And I think we've kind of slipped away from that as time has gone on. But let's just face it: you know, like a large part of America is Christian, does believe in Yahweh, Jehovah, as the Lord does believe in Jesus Christ, you know, like the Trinity. And that's great because we have the word of God here saying that your nation will be blessed. So right now, I'm telling you right now, America is a blessing, a nation blessed by God. And then in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that it succeeds and that it grows and that its people turn toward the Lord. Amen. Let me also add in this tiny tidbit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 states, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Our God is literally telling you, I'm not saying that America is Jesus. It's not what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is, just as what I just mentioned before, choosing God enables freedom, right? And like wherever the Spirit gathers, there is freedom. God can set you free. More importantly than America, Jesus Christ can set you free, right? It's, it's not about coming to... It's not about coming to America and then becoming free. It's about choosing Jesus Christ as your Lord and being free from sin. Like having a Redeemer which comes and purifies you and sets you toward Him and forgives your sins and really sets you on the right pedestal to get going. Again, like I mentioned before, freedom is in having a value system that supports freedom. Freedom is in knowing that you have a choice to do good or evil. You have a choice to choose God each day or, or a choice to, to choose your flesh, like to choose yourself. What does will want? God's up there. He's really far away. You know, they're like airplanes up there. Lots of clouds, space. You know, if he's really on the earth in our sky, then he's not really too, too, too far away. But right. But if he's, you know, God, God, then he's got to be like super up there in space, like past Saturn and stuff. Like he doesn't care about me. You know, I'm going to make this choice to do this small thing right here. It's just small. It's totally fine. You have the freedom to do that. You can extrapolate all that stuff or even cooler. God gives you the choice to choose him. And what's cool is that now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Right? 
you have freedom. And then you're going to get blessed by choosing him because God is what? He's freedom and he's love. As I mentioned before, he's all those wonderful things. So, so choosing him is inherently awesome. And this is backed up by Galatians 5.13. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your, your sinful nature. Right? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, the Bible says, which affirms my previous statement. Choose love. Right? And then finally, Romans 6, 6 through 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. So choose Jesus Christ. Call on him. Ask to get saved. And you will be free in more ways than one. It's not just free spiritually. It's free emotionally. It's free physically. Choosing Jesus Christ, right? Choosing those values. And this goes for you, America. Choosing God's values sets you free. That is true freedom. Not just a document that says, oh, you're free. No, no, no. Actual freedom. Right? Totally free. So I did not mean for that to go on so long. But I think you guys get the message here. Think about freedom, about what it means to you, what price has been paid for it to exist, and what it means to be American if you're in America. If not, then think about like what it means to be in your country. Like Think about it means, what it means of the values that your nation or your household or your church, what they espouse. Think on that this weekend and kind of use this weekend as a time to, yes, yeah, celebrate. But also think about what are you doing with your freedom and what are you doing with your life? What does God want you to do with your life? And what's even cooler? Ask him about it. Talk to him about it. Talk to someone about your nation's history. You know, especially about those that live in America. To talk about American history. Talk about the history of Christ and the history of Christ in your family. And let's make this a, a weekend of introspection and change initiated through introspection. Externalizing your, your internal truth. No, this is not a yogi program, but that sounds pretty cool and like you know it does. Well, look, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. You don't know me so, like you don't know what that is, but just know that it means not doing too, too crazy of stuff. And God bless.